Hi there. Welcome to HR Shop Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Adams. This show delves into the details of HR through conversations with smart, experienced, and successful professionals who've done the work. You can also find me on YouTube, where you can interact with me and other people like yourself. Today, my guest is Jillian Hines. Uh, Jillian, I usually introduce my guest, but I'm not going to do so today. Uh, so hi, and can you do an introduction? Yeah, sure. Well, I'll start with first that I'm a settler. Um, I'm a white woman. And I want to say those two phrases, and I appreciate they may cause different feelings uh, for folks. But I want to start there because it's an important part of reconciliation when we acknowledge sort of who we are and our role or, you know, our ancestry in the history of reconciliation and in what is now known as Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, professionally, I am an HR uh, practitioner um, and I've done everything from HR generalist through to talent DEI. And now I'm focused on the area of reconciliation. So I would say reconciliation practitioner, work for all sides of organizations, for-profit, non-profit, multinational, you name it. But really the biggest thread in what I do is that human centricity um, and really trying to make inclusive spaces everywhere, whether that's organizations, communities, um, governments, uh, economy, you name it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm here to hopefully see a shift in the world. And I would also like you to do a land acknowledgement. And I'll ask you about that afterwards, but uh, if you would start... For me, what I will say, and I know we'll talk more about this, but land acknowledgements are both about the land that you're on Mm -hmm. and really understanding what that means, right, to you, to your family, as a person. Um, And it's also important um, as part of reconciliation to understand who are uh, the original and the current caretakers, the stewards of the land that you're on. Um, And so for me, if I think about my connection to the land, that's raising my two young kids. We love being outside. We love going into the green spaces and the mountains and kind of exploring and playing. Um, And the land that I'm on is in Treaty 7. And so for me, I'd like to acknowledge and pay respect to the fact that I work I live, I live stream, um, and I raise my family in the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta. So this is the Blackfoot Confederacy, Siksika, Pigani, and Ganai First Nations. It's the Sutena First Nations, um, the Stony Nakoda First Nations, who are the Chiniki, Bearspaw, and Wesley First Nations and the Métis Nation Region 3. And I acknowledge that there's probably folks listening from all different traditional territories mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. Turtle Island, and I welcome everyone today. So I'm glad you did uh, that acknowledgement because I think we live in, the sim- in a similar area. Mm-hmm. But um, how can someone out there figure out what acknowledgement they should be doing? Oh gosh, there's so many, so many things um, you can do to sort of understand, but first is really do your homework. So there's some really good um, websites, uh, whoseland.ca, I think nativeland.ca is another one. Um, But if you go and put in kind of where you are, it actually comes back with what is the treaty, if there is one, because there's land that's actually unceded and not signed over in treaty. So you might not be actually in treaty territory, but it'll tell you sort of the treaties um, or, or, or unceded or right, not, not treaty. And then which indigenous communities are 
formations are around. And then you have to also think about sort of there's your Métis nations and regions. There's the First Nations um, mm-hmm. and Indigenous communities. And then there's um, Inuit as well, which is mostly kind of Inuit homelands or in the north, mm-hmm. uh, northern Canada. So start there. Homework, just kind of Google where are you, whose land, what treaties, which communities. Yep. Um, and then pronunciation's really important. And so, um, you know, it, I'll give you an example. Siksika, it's spelled S-I-K-S-I-K-A. Yep. And so if you're reading it with an English kind of mindset, then you're going to see Siksika. But yeah. it's actually pronounced sig siga, so that is actually a, a more of a soft, almost a G okay. sound. Yeah. And so I always either Google it to watch YouTube or call the community centers after hours yeah. in the community, and they'll have the pronunciation on the oh. on their like phone recording. Yeah, okay. they're all di- you're learning a different language mm-hmm. when you're pronouncing. So do your homework. Okay. Respect the pronunciation. And now I still. I haven't got off the topic of land acknowledgements. How do they play a role in reconciliation, which we haven't even defined yet, but we'll get to that too. Land acknowledgements are actually a really important step in reconciliation. Um, it's a, a couple of different things. It's a demonstration of respect that you are, you're learning, mm. you're coming to know who the original stewards of the land are or were. Are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also an important way to pay respect um, and understand, I would say, to understand colonialism and pay respect to the impacts of colonialism. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I say, is it treaty territory? Is it unceded? Is it traditional? Is it ancestral? Mm-hmm. What, what is it? Because treaty is actually... Um, well, tr- there's treaties, there have been treaties before colonialism, but when I say Calgary, that's not what Calgary is known. In Blackfoot, Calgary is called Mokinsis. And so we know the colonial ways, if you are right settler and brought up in a colonial construct, yeah. you need to learn and unlearn and understand what Indigenous peoples refer to the city, the territory, the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also it's an actual recognition of the land because connectivity to the land is an important sort of perspective um, in many indigenous cultures. And so you're actually recognizing the spirit of the land mm-hmm. and expressing gratitude for what the land means to you. Mm-hmm. And so you'll hear me talk about my family because my connection is through my family to the land and how we enjoy and get outside and, and do all these like really great things together. So mm-hmm. the land takes care of us and I'm grateful for the land for what it does for me and my family. All right, so we've done all of this background now mm-hmm. and um, now it is actually time to talk about reconciliation. So yes. uh, <laughs> tell us what reconciliation is and why it's important. So I'll, I'll actually share with you um, the words from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Okay. Okay. And so they they say in the commission that reconciliation is about establishing and maintaining a mutually respectful relationship between Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples in this country. Reconciliation is relationship. So it really is the coming together of our systems Um, our institutions, so academic, government, it's organizations, and it's all of us in society. We have to come together in relationship with 
and then support the creation of a more equitable and inclusive society Mm -hmm. for Indigenous peoples. But we do that through actually practicing reconciliation in kind of everyday lives. So all Indigenous, but all non-Indigenous people in Canada have a role to play in reconciliation. If you live in Canada and you're not Indigenous, um, it is our responsibility. Okay, so tell me, as an individual, and I'm going to tell, I'll talk about organizations in HR. Yeah. You know, that's my yeah. Aim. But uh, as an individual, what are some appropriate reconciliation activities? Well, first, I'll I'll show. Uh-huh. Is this a video? I'll show a book. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this is the calls to action, and you can actually go on to the National Center for Truth and Reconciliation. Yep. You can order these booklets are like seven dollars. You can order them. And it is the 10 principles and the 94 calls to action. And so we've actually been told how we can practice reconciliation. It's, act, it's right here. Mm-hmm. But really, as an individual, you, you do something. And just you, you start uh-huh. somewhere and you do okay. something. Yeah. And so it starts with listening and learning. And so, you know, have you done the U of A Indigenous Canada MOOC? Go take that course. It's 12 weeks or something and free. Yep. Um, and it will teach you all you all the history. It's, it's a f- phenomenal course. So you can start there, right? You can you yeah. can listen. You can let's see what I have on my desktop today. We've got Indigenomics, right? You can go mm-hmm. buy. This is Caroline Hilton, an Indigenous author. You can go buy a book, right? Yeah. That's an act of reconciliation because you're not only supporting Indigenous creators, mm-hmm. but you're actually listening and learning so we listen to the words of indigenous peoples we learn from that we do our own reflection Mm -hmm. like am i centering myself in this am i am i amplifying indigenous voices why am i interested where is it coming from and then we act and so acts are buying i've got cheekbone um i have actually several cheekbone beauty products cheek cheekbone beauty it's a indigenous woman um owned uh, makeup company in Canada, mm-hmm. Jen Harper sells in Sephora. She sells it online. An act of reconciliation is buying a you know lipstick from her, or oh. so it's 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 anything. It's it's reading, it's hearing, it's watching movies, it's following mm-hmm. uh, Indigenous influencers on social media, mm-hmm. it's supporting Indigenous businesses. Mm-hmm. That's what you can do as an individual. So this is an HR channel, HR mm-hmm. professionals, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to want to know about the role of organizations in reconciliation. So can you talk about that? What is the role of organizations in reconciliation? And so we, we talked a bit about what reconciliation is, you know, broadly, and, it, and it's really this kind of equitable and inclusive society mm-hmm. right, where we close these gaps. There's gaps in, in Canada between Indigenous mm-hmm. and non-Indigenous yes. peoples. There's gaps in health, in employment, in wages, and education. Um, and so when it comes to organizations, there's actually a particular call for corporate Canada, uh, and it's call number 92. It talks about the corporate sector has to adopt um, UNDRIP, so the United Nations Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, which um, is essentially giving rights and recognizing the rights of Indigenous peoples. But what it specifically talks about for organizations is that um, organizations need to commit to meaningful consultation, to building respectful relationships, um, and obtaining the free prior and informed consent 
of Indigenous peoples before proceeding with economic development. Mm -hmm. So often, if you, if you're in, especially in the um, energy industry or if you're very land adjacent, mm -hmm. then you need to have consultation. It's a formal sort of requirement. But then more broadly, and this is where the HR comes in as well, um, corporate Canada has to ensure that Indigenous peoples have equitable access to jobs, training, and education opportunities in the corporate sector. Um, and the third and also kind of uh, from an HR lens, that corporations need to provide education to leaders and staff on the history of Indigenous peoples, right. including residential schools, mm -hmm. the harm of colonialization, what is under it, right, Indigenous law. So it's really about intercultural competency, um, awareness, um, human rights, anti-racism training as well. So that is in particular for Corporate Canada, call number 92. Mm -hmm. um, um, but there's a lot of other great kind of actions in here that you could say could apply as well, but number 92 in particular. Okay. It feels to me like these are things we've been doing, but somehow I feel like we probably haven't been doing it right. So can you tell me how um, how what we've been doing should look different in the future? Yeah, and what I would say, Andrea, is it, like it feels, it might feel like we've been doing some of this, but I, I can certainly say not every organization is, um, right? Not every HR professional is. And even people I talk to in my personal life, I still get the response, non-Indigenous non peoples. I get the response of, oh, well, we didn't know. And well, we're ashamed and we're, right, we're uncomfortable. So it, it, people still don't know. And not everyone is, is, you know, we're all in different kind of maturity levels of our knowing and understanding and in different sort of spots on our own pathway mm -hmm. um so what i would say is it's never done we can i can never sort of step back and say i'm done with recon like reconciliation is done for jillian um it never is and so we're going to constantly be learning as individuals and then we can talk if you want to talk hr or something else we can but right we're going to be learning unlearning relearning doing that listening, that reflection and action. And so if you've done something and you feel good about it, then take the next step. Do you have relationships with communities? Have you been to community events, mm -hmm. um, right? Are you going to ceremonies and powers? Are you even invited in? Have you gone to the um, Indigenous artists and creators craft fair? I, I think it just really depends on the person, even the organization, You'll see a lot of organizations that are publishing reconciliation action plans. They've got commitments built. Um, they can always do more and go further. Mm -hmm. And then you have organizations who have nothing, mm -hmm. who, who aren't doing anything. Mm -hmm. um, and so we all have to kind of start somewhere again. Um, and it's, it's never over. Okay. And then you said you were going to, you could uh, reflect on HR in this. So why yeah. don't you go ahead and do that? <laughs> I, and look what I'll say is HR if you're an HR professional you have such an opportunity in this space um, and again it starts with that like you do something and it's very similar you you listen right but I think importantly for HR professionals it's hearing the words of elders hearing the words of of survivors of residential schools you can you know there's uh, Reconciliation Canada and they have some great videos of of um of elders who are sharing kind of their experience and their wisdom. So you listen and you learn that. Mm -hmm. um, but what I would say is, right, at, 
as as HR professionals, you're sitting at the table, you're there with your leaders. You're there creating people's strategy and operational plan. Mm. And so you have the opportunity to positively impact reconciliation because it's going to start with your your talent attraction and recruitment. Do you know the labor makeup of of right the communities that you're in? What is the indigenous populations? Uh, what are their top occupa- <laughs> occupations? Where are they going to school? Does your employer brand even resonate with indigenous people? Like, would they even want to apply to your organization? So you can dig into kind of that area, right? Or mm-hmm. you heard me talk about Call ninety two and the importance of training and cultural awareness. And so there's an, there's that internal lens of what am I doing to increase cultural awareness, mm-hmm. but also cultural appreciation in organizations. And then externally, what is my training to employment? Do I have mentorship programs for Indigenous students? Do I have scholarships to ensure they can go to whatever kind of post-secondaries to, for the skills I need? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just this whole realm of learning and development mm-hmm. from the HR lens. That's reconciliation. You can look at your pay gaps, right? Do you have bias? Um, indigenous peoples or non-indigenous peoples? Do you are how are you advancing and promoting indigenous employees in the organization? Do you have leadership kind of promotion plans for for indigenous folks? So it's it's all of it um, and and more. A fun question here. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? Like what else? Uh, anything else to add about how <coughs> reconciliation impacts the workplace? Maybe not, or or good books to read. Oh gosh, so many books. Um, yeah, let and I'll say kind of in in reconciliation. We've talked about it. We talked about the listening, right? It's it yep. it really is. It requires public truth sharing. It requires non-indigenous peoples to say, "I know, I know, and I've heard." And so we listening and learning. Um, right now, I'm reading again an Indigenomics. It's just a, a fantastic book um, by Caroline Hilton that talks about the Indigenous economy mm-hmm. and Indigenous economy is projected to grow from about 30 billion today to 100 billion in the next few years mm-hmm. so there's something pretty fantastic um, going on there that anyway it's a it's a good read uh, mm-hmm. I'm a non-economist by the way so it's taking me a while but <laughs> still a good book um, if you don't know Bob Joseph uh, Bob Joseph he does a lot. He's an associate professor. He's, he's just done so many fantastic things. So mm-hmm. he's, he has a couple of really great books. Um, the 21 things you might not know about the Indian act is, is one that um, I'm also kind of reading right now. And then honestly, there's a lot of really bite-sized resources. So a great one is the Calgary foundation ally toolkit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another really good ally toolkit from the Montreal indigenous community network. Mm-hmm. And then we work, we're really fortunate. I work with Holly Fortier. She's a, a First Nations woman. She um, is a cultural awareness trainer, but she also has a film production company. And so she's produced a 14-minute film called A Mother's Voice. Mm-hmm. And it is her mother's experience with residential schools. So mm-hmm. it's really powerful. Um, just take some time to kind of listen as well. So those would be a few things that I have on on my desk and like literally open on my screen all day. Okay, all right. Um, I will add links to all of those in the description. Yes, I can send you that too. Yeah, you yeah. Can. Well, thanks, Jillian. That was so important. We've reached the end of this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on a talk shop with another insightful guest.